Hello, welcome, and thanks for checking in today to No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. I'm an Airbnb ambassador and 17-time super host, and I've hosted over 1,000 reservations. I'm a stay-at-home mom of two under two and manage my eight listings remotely. My mission is to help new and experienced vacation rental hosts turn their listings into fully booked, profitable properties that can be managed from anywhere, so you too can have no vacancies. If that sounds good to you, let's get right into the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of No Vacancy, the podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Palmer. As the name of this show states, we are all about trying to have fully booked calendars around here with no vacancies, and that is why I know you're going to just love today's episode with Taylor Hildreth. Taylor is a unique lodging content creator who specializes in social media strategy for short-term rental hosts. She offers a range of services from creating content for hosts to then post at their own schedule to full-blown social media management, and she can even help provide post inspiration for hosts who want to DIY their social media strategy, but just need a little help going in the right direction. She's also the owner of her own Airbnb rental, the Hill House A-Frame, and is an avid Airbnb guest and traveler, so she really understands the industry from both the host and guest side. When we prepped for this interview, I told her that we needed to leave listeners with a step-by-step plan of how to step up their STR game through social media, and she delivered. Taylor shares so many actionable tips, yes, even ideas for camera shy hosts, and I just know that you are going to learn so much from her today. Without further ado, I give you Taylor Hildreth. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm Taylor. I'm super excited to be here today. I run an Airbnb in Minnesota with my husband. It's actually an A-frame cabin. We fell in love with A-frames on our just adventures over time. And we stayed in a couple and we're like, we would love to have our own. And that's what kind of sparked our idea of getting into it. We started building in March of 2020, actually, and everything was kind of shutting down. Wait, and so yeah, we had the how did that go? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it, it completely threw us th- through a loop. We had already started prepping before everything got super crazy, but we had the building lined up, the architect lined up, um, land lined up. And then both, I was a teacher and he's an engineer, but both of our works went remote. And so we actually got to do a lot of the build ourselves okay. because we were living out of the apron. Your property is so cute, by the way. So I want to kind of ask you, how did you get into content creation for other Airbnb hosts? Did it start with you doing a really good job showcasing your own listing and then you figured you can do it for other hosts? Or were you always in social media and then just put those skills to your own property? Or what's kind of the chicken and egg situation here? (laughs) A little of both. I worked in social media for two years in an actual agency before I became a teacher. And then when I started the A-frame page, it was because I stayed at a lot of A-frames and my friends were like, where is this? I have to stay here. And I'm like, it's a missed opportunity not to be on social media. And so I thought people would really resonate with the build and the process with us. And since we were there, I was able to share a lot of our build with our community, which I think really grew our page and gave us this core following of people who were invested because they kind of got to help us shop and build and do all these things because they were my go-to. What color do I put here? Does this look good? Here's my palette. 
vote, like help me here. And so it started there and I saw the value in this following of people who are invested in a property like this. And then I had other hosts reaching out to me and like, can I help, can you help me with this? Or I have a question about this. And so I started offering advice to the point that one, one day, um, a host in Big Bear actually reached out to me and she's like, I just can't take this on anymore. I know I need to be on social. Do you do this? And I was like, I don't, but I could. <laughs> but I will. <laughs> and, it, you know, and so it's kind of evolved into this point of my own, um, but also sharing with the world and really getting in this niche of um, Airbnbs. And so now it's kind of grown in a way that I never expected it to, but yeah. it's been it's been a fun ride. What is like the biggest perk that you kind of see coming from social media specifically? Is it really just directly increasing bookings or is there kind of a benefit to developing just a brand for your for your Airbnb? I think so many hosts are just really focused on, is this going to increase my nightly rate and get me more bookings? If not, I'm not interested. What other benefits do you kind of see coming out of having this whole holistic online presence? I think there's three for sure. One, you always want to drive bookings. You want to have people at your fingertips yeah. and Airbnb isn't always that immediate where social is. And so it gives you that access to people. Two, I found that people respect our property significantly more because they feel like family a little bit. Mm. I get to know them and they get to know me. They got to watch me and my husband building this A-frame and I was pregnant at the time. So they've seen me through the yeah. bump and now it's our daughter enjoying our space as well. And I think people see the story behind any host's journey because there's definitely stories there. And so they respect it like a home, not so much just like a place, I guess. It and so feels I found, like they're staying at their friend's place or something. You're not just yeah, some random host on, on the internet that they got matched with through their Airbnb search. Correct. And then finally, there's an opportunity to work with brands, which is a next level kind of thing. But I've seen plenty of people who have gotten opportunities to upgrade their space with brands that they may not have invested in initially, which also just leans into that consumer experience as well. Yeah. One thing I'm really happy you touched on, actually, is that you shared so much content before you were even available for your first booking. People love seeing the journey and like the story of how everything came to be. And I think that that's one thing that hopefully listeners can be encouraged by today, your listing by no means needs to be perfect in order to be showcased on social media. Throwing up polls on Instagram and just saying, hey, we're retiling our bathroom, which option should we pick? Even if you already know which option you're picking, just putting a poll, I think makes people feel excited. What kind of posts and, and content do you like to curate for, for your clients or for your own listing to get that engagement going and get people excited and feel like they're part of, of the hosting journey? Absolutely. I think it goes from anywhere you're anywhere in the process. I have a host in Colorado that I'm working with right now has only a piece of bare land, but she takes the most beautiful sunset photos I've ever seen. And we are painting the picture of there will be a deck here someday. And you get to sit here and you get to drink a glass of wine and you get to watch the sunset. Yeah. And we cannot wait to take you on this journey with us. And so there's people investing from the ground floor. And then there's people with established Spaces that you get to take their story, their guest stories, and now start creating content around that from reels, carousels, and more. And then you have those stories where you can highlight the reviews, where you can highlight that kind of stuff in that immediate 
we just had this amazing review and we're glowing and I want to share that glow with you and I can do that on my story kind of thing. Yeah. I think a lot of hosts that are waiting for that moment for their listing to be perfect and have the professional photos back are doing themselves a disservice because imagine if you could build up that following when you're in the getting ready stages and have people engaged. And then when you're ready to go, you could even do, and I'm, I'd love to hear what you do for stuff like this, but you could do like a giveaway, you know, share us and get a free stay or something like that. There's so much potential in getting that audience growing already before you even launch your listing. I just want to hear everything you have to offer here. I think, yes, from the perspective of posting when it's ready, I think you're doing such a disservice because when you come to the table with it's done, here's everything, you know, the pain, the sorrow, the tears, the happy times of getting this all ready to go, but nobody else does. They just see pretty photos, which there's nothing wrong with pretty photos, but the story behind it isn't there anymore. So now you're, you have the actual photos, but it feels like you're rewinding in content. But if you start the content and take people on your journey, it may be a photo of concrete floors. And you're like, this is not a photo I want to share. But these concrete floors mean you get to start picking carpet and furniture and you need to shape it in the the manner of, this is my exciting time or we just broke ground and we have water. I have a running bathroom to come to when I'm building my Airbnb. It seems like silly stuff, but believe it or not, people want to hear your story. Oh yeah. It's it's the journey that they want to come on with you. And if you don't take them along with you, it's hard to get them back to that original spot where your heart lived. And that could be from buying a house, building a property, or just getting it ready for yourself. Because every host at some point needs to turn it into their space. Yeah. And so tell the story of making it your space, whatever it looks like from a glamping tent to just a regular, I guess, house. But you still need to pick that couch. Why did you pick that couch? Is it comfortable? Is it, do you picture your family sitting here watching movies on Halloween? Like share the journey with us. I think that's my biggest piece of advice, whatever that looks like for your property. Bring us along with you. We want to see it. What kind of suggestions do you have for sharing content for hosts that are not comfortable being on camera? They don't want their face on camera. They don't want their voice on camera. Like, I mean... I will tell you, my personal thoughts on this are I think that the more you can get in front of the camera, you'll see the benefits of that and people will resonate with you more. But I don't think that you're that you have zero chance of being successful if if you don't do that. So kind of what are your workarounds for for people who just really do not want to show their face on social media? Absolutely. I get it scary and it seems really silly talking to your phone like you're supposed to be talking to your friend. (laughs) But I think there's a level of when you're shopping from that couch, you can still pan the store and show us the couches. You don't need to actually walk through the store and say, hi, friends, I'm here today shopping. <laughs> but you can still show us those things or show us around your space and write captions. That's the lovely part about social media is you don't have to be the face or the voice of it. They can do that for you. Mm-hmm. Or in making original audios, there's so many programs that you can speak your words. So you, your phrasing can come across, but it won't actually be your voice. There's different ways to go about that or to convey it without having completely put your heart and soul on the line. Because that is scary too. Because when you put all of it out there. 
Yeah, it's it's very vulnerable to share like a ton of those details. I I totally get it, and um, especially if somebody. Gosh, if somebody has like family members or friends who don't really get the vision and don't know why they are doing Airbnb or something and they see, I can just imagine someone out there pouring like all of their savings into this project and just hoping and praying that it's going to work and sharing posts about that is very nerve wracking. Like if it doesn't go well, and it doesn't get a lot of likes, you know, and you've got already people in your life judging you wondering why you're crazy venturing into this, it's a lot of pressure. So yeah, I I think that that's great advice. What other content can people do to kind of just, I don't know, drive that point of being relatable and taking taking others along the journey while still doing it in a way that um, maybe doesn't feel as vulnerable or nerve wracking? really easy introduce yourself who are you who's behind the camera and that can be done month to month without saying the same thing you can do a general introduction you can do two truths and a lie one month you could do 10 facts about you and then put an emoji at the end of it so like i love tacos put an emoji taco if you like tacos drop it drop a taco in the comments let's see what we have in common so just introducing yourself i think sharing a memory sharing something that you're struggling with making it really personable of Today was hard. Today, our stuff got back ordered. We now have to fly home. We have to drive home, whatever your process is. And that means it's another week, which means our process is now expanded. Or we had someone get engaged at our place this weekend. We're so excited that people are sharing those memories with us. Thank you. Congratulations, Alex and Julie. Share those, the, po- the highs and the lows, because they're both there. And I think when you make yourself a little more human, which I know is hard, I think people feel that humanity in social media where it can feel very transactional or cold at times. Sharing local highlights, local businesses, they're going to appreciate the shout out. And it's it's a guidebook on your own page. They get really easy for your audience. They might repost you too and get you some more followers and stuff that way. So cross-promoting, I think, is always helpful. Absolutely. And super easy. Just repost your best post. You have stuff that does well. You know, your audience liked it. If it was a reel, just make it a photo. If it was a photo, make it into a reel. There's just a lot of ways to redo kind of the same message. But at most, about a third of your audience is going to see your content. So if you repurpose stuff every couple of months, a few may see it. But for the most part, it's not to the point that it's annoying. Don't feel like they're going to know that this is the same photo. (laughs) it'll be okay. And if they know that, what's what's the harm? Is somebody really going to unfollow you because they're like, she posted this before. I've seen this two months ago. Done. I actually want to let everyone know that Taylor put together a really awesome little infographic with six content ideas that you can implement today, plus a real formula. And I am going to share that in the show notes here. Um, we'll also email this out as an email newsletter. And it's so cute. I think that this is definitely something everyone should just download this infographic. And next time you're scrambling for content, go reference this. Taylor, do you want to jump into the your your per- perfect real formula that you also included here? Yeah, of course. And this is a big thing I've talked to many people about is when I post a reel, how am I supposed to post it? I didn't get any views. I didn't get whatever. How do I do it? The best way to do it is you have about three seconds to capture people's attention on social media with them scrolling. So you need to capture their attention right away. And so that's why I suggest some sort of hook. It can be anything from stop, look at this, remember when, I made a mistake. Join me in something that is telling them, hold up, I need to see this. I want to know what's going to happen next. Then you give them the content. 
content that is vertical, so vertical, so up and down, which a lot of times our Airbnb photos are not vertical. So you're, you need both content, which is yeah. really tricky. And then keep it in that seven to 12 second range. If it's a couple of your favorite photos, if it's a video of you panning across your space, it could even be you making coffee. Stop. I need coffee on Monday. Here's your coffee. Share if you agree. And then you're ending with that call to action. What do you want them to do to engage? Because Instagram, TikTok, whatever platform you're on will reward the engagement. Like, comment, share, save. I want to ask you some questions kind of from the perspective of being a social media manager. What sort of issues do you run into creating content for other hosts? How often do you visit the properties to gather and collect content? And if you're there for like one day, how are you able to reuse that content for so many days? Like I'd just sort of love to hear about the thought process here because I think if hosts are finding it overwhelming just doing content for their own one Airbnb. But if we can hear some tips that you're doing to manage multiple accounts, maybe we can, you know, get a little bit encouraged that it's not too much to take on for our one listing. Absolutely. So I do um, multiple things, actually. So I do hosted stays. I run social media content from never even touching foot on the property. And then I do that that middle ground of create, taking content, creating the content, and then giving it back to the host to create the caption and do it on their own. Oh, okay. So, so it's kind of like a, like you can, you'll create the content, but it's up to them to upload it and schedule it out and everything. Okay. Yeah. So it's a good mix. The one in the middle is nice because it allows the host to keep their voice. It's not my voice. It's not figuring that out, but also it depends on the person. They all have their own opinions on how they want to run their social, which I sure, love. Sure. But the ones that I don't, I kind of coach on this is the, the content that I need to be seeing for us to be successful. If I'm only given the Airbnb photos, we have a little bit of work to do. I can do a lot with making them each individual posts, making them reels, making them backgrounds for reviews for your stories. There's a lot you can do, but it's going to be a little more repetitive. One thing I think I very much specialize in is taking a million five-second clips of the property that can be reutilized and repurposed so many times. And so it may seem silly to you to pan your whole property before you leave when it's clean, but that 20 second clip can be used a hundred different times. Oh my God, for so true. Yeah. And it may seem silly, but just grab it down the road. It can be utilized so many different times. Even if it's your cleaner, have just say, I know this is silly, but can you just take a picture of the living room for or a video of the living room for me quick and have them send it your way? There are so many hands that are helping you that would love to just real quick get a five-second video. Everyone has an iPhone or some sort of smartphone at this point that takes high-quality videos that you can then backlog stock for social down the road. I think that is such great advice because I know myself personally, I approach content creation very much from like, I, the way I'll do things is like, I have, you know, in my drafts or whatever, or my saved audios, I have a bunch of real audios that I know I could do something with. And I kind of wait until I have like a certain scenario or something I can tie into that audio. But I know that I miss out on a lot of content creation opportunities because when inspiration strikes, if my hair and makeup isn't done or my kids aren't down for a nap and it's like, then I have to throw content together, it's very overwhelming. So I think that that's such good advice that you could just 
grab literally a hundred five second clips, like you said, of zoom in on the the tile in in your bathroom. Show a close up of the sheets and the bed made. Show a close up of, God, I don't even know artwork or something, and literally just a hundred five second clips. And later you will hear audios and stuff that will, I think, trigger how you're able to make content and go back and use those different pieces. I think that is such good advice. So if you're, if you show up to a property, like how much time do you need to spend there realistically to get, I don't know, a month's worth of content? Two days is the minimum Okay, that I'll do just because middle of the day for most properties is not ideal. It's super harsh lighting. It's yeah. not great. It's a little abrasive. And so that leaves me two sunrises, two sunsets. And then you're hoping that you don't have weather. But when you're taking those shots of holding the coffee cup or you need the right lighting in the living room, and if it's super dark or if they don't have windows, it's those kind of things that you need to realize about your space. And each host knows their space best. And so you kind of, it's working with them both. What do you want highlighted? Where do you think this is going to be best? Bonfire pits. Do we need to have a fire one night? Do you have a hot tub? That kind of stuff. If we're going to highlight it, we need to do it in the right moment. And so making those two days for sure. And then I've also started suggesting to hosts that I'm able to go to their properties once a quarter so that I can get the snow. I can get the fall colors. I can get the summer Maybe spring, not so much. For the most part, you want to capture each of those seasons to keep your content very seasonal too. But then over time, it can all be reused because the fall content doesn't get used for a year. It's new following. You've had growth. You've had people come and go. We now can use that content again. Yeah. And so I think after a couple of stays, you should have quite a backlog of stuff to use. And then just your one-off trips to your stay, you just refresh I I love that. I think oh, I'm I'm so glad that I'm talking to you today because I just feel like you're making it so approachable. Like it doesn't have to be you have to carve out time every day to go spend at the property and film a reel on the spot. Like by no means you can really just go a couple days, you know, carve out a couple days midweek. Don't block off a weekend for it. I don't think that's necessary. Wait for decent weather, block off a couple nights and just really shoot as much as you can have enough storage on your phone before you go and make sure that you can you can get everything you know and like you said once you get the backlog you can always repurpose things just add a different song to it or god if it's been six months you could even repost the exact same reel what metrics do you use to track success how do you know that your your strategies are working are you focused on reels views follower growth or do you really just care hey, are we getting more bookings? I don't care how many new followers there are as long as the calendar is fully occupied. I think it's a mix. Um, I love encouraging hosts to engage with other hosts because they're the ones that are going to give you the content ideas. A lot of times they'll share tips and tricks on social because everyone's in the same boat. And so having a community on there, find your community because I have made so many great friends in the hosting community on Instagram. Mm -hmm. They're likely not going to be my people that are booking, but they're helping me in a different way then you have your community of people that you're trying to attract to your property. So I think your metrics come from two separate people, the engagement with your community and then attracting the right people to your stay. And so I think you need to look at both the comments and the shares from the people who have your back. And then the new followers of, I want to stay here. This looks amazing. I'm coming in the spring. When do you open your calendar? 
And so it's looking at both. So there is follower growth, but it's so easy on social media, especially with reels, to look at the people who have so many followers and went viral overnight and say, I want that. <laughs> That's not, I don't recommend it. Yeah. It happened to our, it happened to our A-frame and it's why my account is as big as it is. I had two reels hit four and five million in the same week. And we blew up. We went from 6,000 to 31,000 overnight. I have not grown from 31,000 since last November. Wow. Because I have so, I get 40 new followers in a day, but I lose 40 followers as well. And so, but I have my community at this point. So I know it's easy to look at that big growth and say, I want the growth, but the growth is not delivering you the people who are coming to your stay. Mm -hmm. You want to look at it as your followers, not your following. What people are engaged, appreciating your stuff, and that you can see through saves shares, and comments. What are they saying about your property? Are they saving it to remember to come back and book it? And are they sharing it with their friends because this is so amazing, I want other people to see it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, I I think that that might have to be the title of this episode, your followers, not your following. That is such a good way. (laughs) I've never thought about it like that, but it's true. I think people really get hung up on what's the number that you have, um, you know, and and what's the big mass of following that that you've amassed. At the end of the day, if they are not the right people and they just followed you because one reel went viral, who cares? It's not going to do anything for you. But your followers, the individual people, that's who you're communicating with and making relationships, responding to their DMs. Like those those are people who are actually going to help you out. I have never heard it put that way. And I really, really love, <laughs> love that. And I also like what you touched on too, that there's a lot more you'll get out of social media than just people booking your place. Earlier at the beginning of this episode, I know you mentioned that you can get brand deals or or photo shoots. Can you talk about your experience with that a little bit and sort of the other successes that have come out of growing on social media? Absolutely. So there's been multiple things. I've been reached out to by photographers who have hosted content days there, which really worried me at first because they're bringing photographers in and setting up mock elopements, that kind of thing. But that was the audience we were trying to appeal to of, come for your anniversary, elope here, do that kind of thing. They set that up. I made a little extra money because they hosted a photo shoot at my place. And I got content for days because they all shared their photos with me. So that was a mutually beneficial thing for both of us. On the flip side, I've been able to work with duvet brands. And they said, we're a new duvet brand. We'd love to work with you. We see you're doing well. You do great content. Would you like to produce content for duvets for your stay? And so they quarterly send me new duvets. I have a little card in my Airbnb so that people can purchase them if they'd like. And then I share content with them to share on their sites as well um, down the road. I know there's other brands like Rugs um, or even we have a local um, clothing brand, but they also do mugs and stuff. They just randomly reached out and said, we're going to just send you some mugs. Use them if you want. Don't use them. And they're just hoping for that relationship. But it's also something fun because it has the little Minnesota logo on it. And our guests love taking photos with the mugs at our stay. So it works out for them. We get something kind of cutesy and themey in our place. And so there's a lot of those relationships that you can build. Actually, on that note, I need to interrupt and remind everyone about Minoan. As you guys know, Minoan is now a sponsor of the show, and what Taylor's talking about is so true that 
of course, through building up a following for your short-term rental, you could get these amazing opportunities to get free product and work with brands for your listing. But when you're just starting out and you don't have that following yet, and you might not have a brand interested in you right off the bat, you can still benefit from some of those same perks by saving 40, 50, 60% on your products that you're using to furnish and refresh your space through Minoan. Remember that they have access to partners such as Pottery Barn, Crate and Barrel, West Elm. And on top of that, you can then share the items that you've purchased for your listing. Share the link that Minoan creates for you with your social media audience, however small it might be when you're just starting out, but share that link with them and then you can still make a commission off of any purchases that were made through that Minoan link. There's just no reason at all to be intimidated by this whole social media side of things because no matter how small you are, there are still products like Minoan that can let you take advantage of that from day one as a host. is sort of how do you find owners that sort of understand that it's not all about the the following and just the big flashy number of number of followers like how do you get you know owners that are really patient understanding that this is this is the long game you're building a brand over time and and slow growth might even be better because it's more engaged and you're really building that community i think so many people they put their heart into it and then they don't see that growth and it really hurts and so they give up and i totally get it but I think by setting the expectation of this, these are our goals, they now become manageable. If your one grow, goal is to see a huge growth, you're going to get discouraged and give up time and time again. Mm-hmm. If I can set the stage for you at the beginning of let's build a community, let's sh- share with people what they want to do when they come and stay, let's attract them to your location depending on where you are, and let's build from there, it's going to be slow and it's going to probably be a little painful seeing not what you probably expect. And I think sometimes in the back of people's minds, they're still like, but that one could go viral. It could, it really could, but that's not what we're shooting for. And that's not an attainable goal. It's a fun thing to happen. It's not what we're moving towards. Well, I want to say this too, because honestly, my my follower growth has kind of gone the same way that it was just a few viral reels that really like, you know, grew me 6,000 followers overnight or whatever it was. And I'll say this, I had a reel go viral pretty early on to when I started posting Airbnb and hosting content. And I maybe grew two or 3,000 followers from that. Now I just had a reel go viral gosh, a couple, like a month ago. And that one shot me up like 10,000 followers. And I think the difference is now I have enough content that when the one goes viral, people can see I'm not just like a one hit wonder. I've been consistently posting Airbnb hosting tips for how long that it's much more likely to convert. So I still Uh think like what you said, you can absolutely hold out hope that that one is going to go viral and help you out. But really, that one doesn't really make a difference unless you have that proven track record and consistency because people just land on your page and they're like, oh, I, you know, I liked this cool before and after of this cabin being built, but that's all that there is. There's just one post I'm not following. If they see 50 other reels there of sunrises and sunsets and having your coffee outside, then you've you've captured them. So I, I think that's it's really the long game and consistency here. Another benefit of 
that social media and having the followers is even if you're 100% booked, people cancel. And now you have a hole in your calendar. And sometimes you're going to get that payout. And sometimes depending on the situation, you're not. But being able to refill that Airbnb and Verbo, there's not that, that immediacy of someone cancels, but I have a weekend open. How am I going to fill this unless someone happens to be last minute planning something? Social media opens that door. I had a last minute cancellation. Who's looking for a last minute getaway? Those kind of things, social media has your back in that in that sense. That's a really great point. And actually that reminded me what I wanted to <laughs> ask you, because I know you talked about how you really should be following other hosts and sort of creating that community. Really, like I cannot stress enough to people how important it is to follow and create relationships with hosts in your own area. I think sometimes mm-hmm. people are like, oh, I can follow them because they're in a different market. They're not competition. We can connect. And they're hesitant to short, sort of like show love to their own neighbors I have had so many cases where a a neighbor, somebody has reached out to book my neighbor and they were booked and they said, hey, we can't accommodate you guys, but let me put you in touch with Natalie. Let's see if any of her listings are open. So, and, and if you return the favor and you ever send people over to your neighbors when your place is booked, that will come back to you. So I really like what you mentioned about just, it it is so important to create community and, and keep those relationships going. Absolutely. One thing I say quite often is it's collaboration over competition. Yes, yes. We're, we're all on the same boat. We have the same goals. We're in the same market and we're like-minded individuals. So likely we'd be friends in real life. Don't look at your neighbor as they're taking bookings from me. We're building a community and a loving, supportive community is only going to bring more people to your area. Totally. And everyone working together at the end of the day only benefits. They may choose someone else's property, but that's not what you need to be looking at. You need to be looking at overall growth of your whole area, supporting each other, the market, your businesses, because that's what's really creating that destination that people want to visit. Yeah, yeah. Um, how how often do you think you need to post in order to be successful? Are you really trying to do some content every single day for the accounts you're managing? Um, probably every other, depending on the hours that we talk about and some of those logistics. It was my choice. It for sure be every other, if not five days a week. Okay. You need to think about when people are doing activities, when you're posting. If people are likely to be out doing something else, on vacation, celebrating a holiday, not when you want to post. They're not on their phones for the most part. You want to think about when are they getting off of work? Are they getting up in the morning and looking at social media before they go to work? Lunch breaks. Those are the times that you want to be looking at posting. And then you can also look about frequency, but you want to make sure you're hitting your audience. Are are there any things that you have done creatively to incentivize guests at the Airbnbs to take part in content creation? Like, do you guys have hashtags for the accounts or do you put, um, you know, anywhere in the house manual, like tag us during your stay? Uh, What are ways that you've found to kind of engage the guests to help you (laughs) create some of the content? Yes, I think there's a mix of both there. Every host that I work with has something in their guest book on their, either some sort of signage in their property. And then sometimes even in their bios or um, as a call to action of don't forget to hashtag when you visit. Additionally, I think there's a value in working with true content creator because they show other people what kind of photos to take. Look at this cute photo of us sitting around the bonfire. Look at this. And so 
are you working with other people and giving people examples of what to be taking photos of when they go there? But one thing I think across the board we all struggle with, including our A-frame, not as many people take photos as we'd expect them to. I know one host who once a year, once a quarter, does a drawing. If you submit a photo to our Google Drive, we give away a two-night stay oh, once a year awesome. or something like that. Yeah, I think that works very well for her from what I've seen. It's the only person I've seen do it. Um, she has a great following. People love her, and she gets a lot of good guest photos. Okay. And so I think there's a value in that, but that's also not for everybody. Okay. So. Okay. No, that's, that's great advice because, you know, we put that in our house manual too, like tag us and stuff. But I think for a lot of people, it's kind of intimidating to uh, just sort of put content out there and, and tag the host and hope that they like it. But if you can show them sort of examples of other lifestyle photo shoots you've done, you're kind of opening the door for them of being like, hey, copy this, go sit in the swinging chair, the hanging chair in the living room with a cup of coffee and, and tag that. Like you're you know, kind of you're, you're foolproofing it for them. So I think that that's great advice I had never thought of. I think yeah. the last thing I want to ask you is just sort of what, um, okay, two final questions, actually. First of all, which social medias do you focus on with your owners and which ones do you think have the best, you know, ROI right now and are worth investing time in? Definitely. It depends on your property, but I'd hands down Instagram, and then connect it to a business account on Facebook. You don't even need to touch Facebook, but everything will roll over there and it's at least keeping you active. Okay. So two birds, one stone right there. I have hosts who have a lot of, who are in a very popular area that are on Pinterest because it helps them where to stay in Sun Valley, Idaho, those kind of things. So when they, it pops up and that helps them when they're in one of those tourist destinations stand out because their photo pops up. I'm new to the Pinterest game. I can't speak a lot to it, but I have a couple that I've just got on there that have good success with it. Mm -hmm. Additionally, I also have a lot of hosts that are very popular on TikTok, but I think that's more for unique stays. And I okay. don't have a value in if it's turning into bookings or just followers. Okay. I've just seen you very well and they're over there and they're showing their face and getting their brand out there. I can't speak to its ability to create that relationship like Instagram does. Okay. So if you're, doing, if you're doing one Instagram connected to a business on Facebook, okay. there's other opportunities. I just want to start there. Sounds good. And then my final question for you is what can people do? Um, like when they're making their Instagram profile, I, not the content itself, but like any tips for the actual Instagram, like what should your profile picture be? What should you put in your bio? Should you just have one link that goes to your Airbnb or should you do a link tree with, with multiple links and kind of what, what should people actually put in, in the profile itself? Absolutely. I think it's important in your profile that you have where you're located. Please tell me where you are. <laughs> I want to know when I'm traveling to you. I want to see that where you're at. So many like accounts literally do not even list the location. It's mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. Let me know where you are. Let me find you. Yeah. I like when hosts put their names there. I think it immediately gives them someone to talk to. Hey, Taylor, I saw that you're doing this instead of, hey, Hill House. It gives a face behind the name. I agree. Okay. I love that Airbnb allows me to create a custom link. And so for us, it's airbnb.hillhouse. It's a personal thing, but it drives me nuts when I see airbnb.9642. 
it's the personalization aspect of it. Yes. And I mean, with other websites, you have to pay for a custom domain name. With Airbnb, you can have a custom one branded for free. It's literally just a feature right there. Just try a couple options till you find one that's available. So yes, on that, I agree 100%. Take advantage and make a custom URL. Yes. Um, Profile picture, I think it can be the home. If it's a quality photo of the home that you can see well in the in the profile picture or a logo. I think logos do very well too. Just something that people keep it consistent. Don't be changing it a ton. Let people get in their heads what they're looking for when they're looking for you um, from a logo perspective. And then what can they expect from your page? When they come to follow you, they're going to look at your content, but they're also going to be looking for what, what am I seeing here? So for my personal page, I'm telling them that you can find tips, social media stuff, and travel itineraries. For our Hill House page, it's Hike, bike, explore, enjoy an A-frame. Why are you staying with me and enjoying my content? Mm-hmm. They People want to know what they're going to get with you without having to do the deep dive. And so give them an optimized bio. Just let them know who you are, what you're about. Give them a solid link to where to find you. If you're on VRBO and um, Airbnb, start doing a link tree. Multiple people have multiple properties. Having a place where it's all in one, don't make people take more steps than they need to. You're going to lose them. Yeah. Give them what they need to know, when they need to know it, and put it right in front of their face. And you unfortunately will still lose some. But make it as easy as humanly possible for them to follow you, engage with you, and see your property. Yeah. And then for, for do you do Instagram highlights, like save story highlights and stuff? What are some categories there that you would recommend people just right off the bat can make some, if they're going to do three to five highlights, what would be good categories for that? Absolutely. Have a start here. Okay. What do they need to know? You, your property, give them one place to find it all. Um, around town, what can they expect from around your property or at your property, depending on what you want to highlight. And then your reviews. And I'm going to say this, and I may take a little bit of heat from it, but please do not screenshot your review and post it as a photo. There are so many apps that will make it for you. You can drop them in. They'll make it pretty, and it'll fit your theme, your colors. If you're in the woods, lean into the greens. Find some sort of green. It could be a plain green background with white text with your review. But it's now going to create that feed that is appealing Canva Check it out. It's super easy. And you type in Instagram story review. They will give it to you. You just have to put the review in it. There you go. Okay, so reviews around town and a start here. Maybe you could even do like an about the host or something. I I think that's good. I think you've given us so many like, I don't know, not just talking about the benefits of social media, but actually gave us so many tips to go and start posting content today. So I thank you so much, Taylor, for your time. Taylor put together an awesome little just infographic. Like I said, I will have this in the show notes. I'm going to email blast this. Download this infographic, save it next time you're at a loss for some content. And this is going to be so helpful. Taylor, where can people connect with you? Are you taking social media clients on right now? I'm sure some people would love to now work with you. So you can find me in two places. I'm at Hill House A-Frame on Instagram. And then my personal name at Taylor Joe Hildreth. I'm still working with clients. I, I talk to every single one. We go through a little interview process. Not, I'm not trying to scare you. you I can't wait to see your property. <laughs> I just want to make sure we have the same like-minded goals. If not, I can direct you to people who can help you. I have a community of people who are in this space. And so even if it's not me or you don't know what you want, I can help you. I'd love to be that middle ground to help you be successful. 
Thank you again, Taylor. And if this episode inspired any of you to go start a social media account for your listing, please tag me and Taylor when you start sharing things. We would both just be so stoked to see what this episode inspires you to do. And finally, for this week's Am I the Airbnb Hole? This was a post I found on Facebook, and this host wrote this. Guest messaged me today eight days after booking that she wants me to cancel with a full refund to her. Her reason was because at the end of my house rules, I say, if you read this far, please get back to me with my favorite quote, expect nothing, appreciate everything. So I know that you've read and acknowledged the rules. She tells me she will not repeat this rude quote to me. First time I have ever heard that. Matter of fact, I've only heard people say that it's a good quote. Now she is saying things like, if you force us to stay, then you'll have 16 unhappy guests and we will make it clear on our social platforms. She also said 16 guests will stay at your cottage very resentfully and we will make our feelings well known. I contacted Airbnb and they said if they leave a bad review, they will remove it. I have this in writing. Anything else I should be worried about? I don't get what's wrong with people sometimes. All right, this one is interesting to me because on face value, I think there's nothing wrong with saying something like, confirm to me that you've read all of the rules, repeat this line back to me so I know that you have. I think that that is okay, but I personally think that the choice of quote here that he asks to repeat back, I do think it's weird. Only because in the hospitality industry, it's it's odd to me that as a host, you would be telling your guests, expect nothing, appreciate everything. I actually love that quote, and I agree with it, and I think I, I really try to live my life by that. But it's weird when you are a paying customer to have your host tell you that. I don't know if I would go as far as saying that this host is an Airbnb hole over this, but it's just an odd move. I think there's, I would just say like, tell me, say purple banana. So I know you read it. Like why this is like some weird subliminal messaging. Like, Hey, I know you're a paying customer and you probably paid a lot of money because it's 16 of you coming, but don't have any expectations. That being said, this woman is in the wrong because she didn't reach out to tell him until eight days after the booking was made. She should have read through these rules immediately. But you know what? It's a little bit on him too, because if he has this rule about how you have to repeat that quote back to him, he should be pushing that from the moment they book. He shouldn't be waiting eight days until after they've made the booking to find out that they're not okay with the rules. So I I do think it ultimately comes down on her here. But Eight days later, reading through the house rules and saying that she will not repeat this rude quote back, that is so dramatic. Again, I think that the quote is weird. I think it's an odd choice. You book the stay. You've saved up a ton of money. You've got a group of 16 of you going. I'm sure that they put a lot of thought into the place they're they're picking. And then for your host to tell you, hey, don't have any expectations and appreciate everything, it it is a weird move. But now wanting to cancel over it and saying that it's this rude quote, I don't know. 
you know, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they're both Airbnb holes here. Maybe it's just her, maybe it's both of them. Tell me what you guys think about this one. This one's just odd. I feel like these two people just she's just not meant to be a guest and he's just not meant to be a host. Hosts, just don't just don't do shit like this, okay? Like again, he didn't technically do anything wrong, but it's just weird. Don't put weird weird quotes like this. I feel like he's like trying to play mind games with his guests before they've even checked in. You know, I don't like it. He's the Airbnb hole. It's decided. He is and she is. They both, I, I don't like, I don't like either of them. Is that harsh? Maybe. But is it my show? And do I have the final ruling on all these decisions? Yes. And with that, it is now checkout time. Thanks for listening and I'll see you back here next week. Lastly, as Airbnb hosts, we all can appreciate a good five-star review. So you already know a great review on this podcast would mean so much to me. Please subscribe, review, share, and connect with me in the show notes below. Bye.